Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88, depending on where you are in the amazing country that we call Australia. This is The Breakfast Show with Lyle and... Mon, good morning, Lyle. Good morning. What are you thankful for this morning, Mon? I am thankful for the dog that bit my hand this morning. <laughs> the dog that bit your hand. What do you mean you are thankful for the dog that bit your hand? It really did bite the hand that fed him. So I, I love dogs. Um, yes. And I don't know if I've ever told you, but I literally keep a little packet of dog treats in my handbag at all times. So for, random. For any dog encounters I might have. And so random. <laughs> I met the most wiggly, happy uh, Labrador. And, you know, they are famous for, like, just scoffing their food. And so I took some treats out and I was reaching over the fence to give it to him. And he got so excited. He, like, bit them out of my hands. <laughs> well, you know, he actually didn't. What do you mean he didn't? Well, that was yesterday. It, that's a true story, actually. It was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so are you trying to mislead us here? No, this is a delayed broadcast. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. You all need to get with the program, guys. Get on the live show. How do they get on the live show? Well, it's actually very easy. There's two ways to do it. They can either jump on our live stream on our website, which is faithfmaustralia.com.au. Sorry, my bad. Faithfm. Dot com.au. That's right. And just press play on the live stream. But there is another way they can do it. Yeah, use the TuneIn app. I really like the TuneIn. TuneIn Radio, it's called. Download it to your phone or your mobile device. Run it through your uh, Bluetooth, your aux cord, your... It's free to download and... Yeah. Run it, play it in your car. Yeah. Headset. It, when you've downloaded it, just make sure you search for Faith FM Australia. And put it in your favourites. Yeah, put it in your favourites. And put do you it, know what? You will have the only one in your perfect favorite. signal. Sorry? Make that the only one in your favourites. <laughs> Of you can you can have perfect signal wherever you go. Um, it's a really great way to listen to radio, full stop, really. And um, and of course, being on the live show is much better for you, dear listener, because you can be part of our giveaways and our prizes and you'll get up-to-date news and Quizzes. the weather and stuff as well. And you can call in and have a comment and say your piece and like, yeah, I completely disagree with Lyle. I think he's a heretic. Which I think would be a wonderful thing for you to do. <laughs> <laughs> Mine would love to see that happen. You can ask the question of the day. I mean, you can ask the question of the day anytime, really. We'll just uh, have to answer it the next day and uh, you'll get it just a little bit more delayed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but switching over to the live show is definitely a good idea. And uh, I did get bitten by a dog. Not today, the day that you're hearing this, but previously. Okay, coming up in the program, we have an interview with Josh Cunningham. We have a uh, story about galaxies colliding. That's kind of cool. Hey, hang on a second. What are you grateful for, Lyle? Uh, Gunpowder. What? Yes. Why? Because it makes amazing fireworks and I love it when they go bang. Are you expecting fireworks? No, no it's just some random thing came into my head. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for gunpowder today. Oh, well, stay tuned. We're going to have more great programming and maybe some more random thoughts from Lyle. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my soul. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are
Beautiful song right there by Alison Krauss with Keith and Kristen Getty here on Faith FM. Mon, what's our quiz for the day? Oh, our quiz for the day. Do you want me to make a hard or easy one? I'm sick of all these hard ones. You've been giving me hard ones all week. Yesterday was just, it did my head in. I think everybody else had it except for me. Oh, well, I don't know about that. I, I don't think, I haven't had, a, I haven't got a single one this week, have I? Uh, not on the first go, no. I haven't been having a good big camp, you know, from the, from, from the perspective <laughs> of competitions. <laughs> I, I played uh, two board games with my son and lost both of those. I played a couple of um, card games with my wife and I've lost those. We've had quizzes all week and I've lost those. I just have a bit of a losing streak. But, but I mean, it is a bit more significant that you, um, that you lost the board games because wasn't it like the first time in five years that you lost? Uh, maybe two. Okay, so it, it, so, is a, it is a board game. So that really, you're having a big sissy wine right now. That after like a I two am. oh, and then we have played another board game with friends earlier in the week. I lost that one too on one that I. It's just, uh, it's just terrible, Mon. It's I have a terrible. feeling. I have a feeling you might just be a sore loser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very sore loser. <laughs> okay, you have no idea. <laughs> All right, I am going to make it an easyish one for you. Oh, okay. This is Thank a you. what? This is, this is big. This is this. This is the pity one. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a pity, pity party. So this is a what creature am I quiz, and uh, is it is it a, sorry? It is an animal from the Bible. So it already narrows it down a lot because there's not that many animals in the Bible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Noah's Ark actually had all the animals on but it. But not mentioned specifically. Okay. <laughs> okay, so first clue is Benahai, son of Jehoiada. Yeah, killed one of these in a pit. Killed one of these on a snowy day. Oh, on a snowy day. 
That's right. Yeah. You already know what it is, yeah, don't yeah, you? I know this yeah, story. look at that little satisfied <laughs> grin. Yeah, All is yeah, right yeah, with the yeah, world yeah, again yeah, for yeah, Lyle. Yeah, yeah. If you think you know the answer. I'm pretty sure it was in a pit on a snowy day, but I have to look it up. What did Ben Hyde kill on a snowy day? What animal did he kill? Give me a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. And I will give you the prize, which today is a Melissa Otto CD album. Okie dokie. So what are we talking about today, Mon? What is your oh, positively wow. different story on positive, positively different radio today? I'm in love with both of my stories today. Okay. Um, so are your stories about love? Well, one of them is. Okay. But um, the first one is, well, kind of. The first one, I'm so excited about this because it's about shoes. <laughs> shoes. Here we go. Okay. okay How many so pairs of shoes do you own? Too many. I'm going to be selling them off. You um, know, you know, my wife always comments on my shoes like, oh, you can't wear those shoes with that. And I'm like, whoever looks at people's feet? I look at people's faces. Everybody. Not, I look at people's faces, not their feet. I've never looked at any person's feet in my life. That's weird, Lyle. You don't, when someone walks towards you, do you not like see them as a whole? No, I look at their face. Like, are they smiling or are they angry? You know, it's like, mm. hey, how's it going? You know? Whatever. Okay, so one of the most annoying things in the world is getting chewing gum stuck to your shoe, right? Yes. But what if your shoe was already made of chewing gum? That would be disgusting and no, gross and it would no. smell and it would be sticky and covered with you're, saliva. You're overthinking it. You're, over, you're actually not I, thinking hard enough about it. And, and, and if I put my feet inside of it, I'd have to take my socks off to get my feet out <laughs> and leave the socks in there and then I'd never be able to wash them and then when I washed them... Oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay, calm down. All right. So there's an... Amsterdam-based clothing company, they're called Explicit Wear, they're helping to eliminate what is in Amsterdam the second most common form of litter in their city by turning chewing gum into the soles of your shoe. Okay, this has just got me grossed out to the max. So, but the, but do you know what? It costs it costs each city like millions <coughs> of taxpayer dollars to clean up chewing gum because it is the second highest form of litter. Um you know, and there's there's about I mean in in Amsterdam alone there's roughly about three point three million pounds of used gum on the streets. Oh. Um, so it's not a material that's hard to come by. Like that's there's a you know there's a boon of it really. Uh, it, ta- it takes about two point two pounds of gum for every four pairs of gum shoes. They're called gum shoes. Um, and they break down the synthetic properties of the gum and they convert it into a whole new kind of rubber called gum tech because it is it is a kind of rubber. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and they're, they're trying to get to gum-free streets, uh, you know, by creating awareness about these shoes, you know, without being too preachy. Um, and you can buy these soon. They're going to go for sale in June for $232. But check out how cool they look. No. Yeah, that does look trendy. Yeah, it's cool. And you know what? Gum shoe. The, the first pair they released is bubblegum pink. And I think that's very <laughs> fitting. And I totally want a pair. They're so cute. You'll have to order your pair online then, Mon, you know. I'm going to offend all the gum chewers out there, uh-huh. but I just don't get it. I, I have I have chewed gum all of like uh, um, maybe three times in my life. It's like, what is the point of eating food that you can't eat? Yeah, I just don't get it. It's just like <laughs> this is the dumbest thing it's ever. So true. I actually really appreciate places like Singapore where chewing gum is actually illegal because um, it is an absolutely pointless. And not only is it Pointless, except for maybe if you have bad breath. But you know what? Just brush your teeth. Or better yet, drink some more water. But the thing about chewing gum, it's actually also detrimental to your health. Um, Because when you chew gum, it, it... 
the the action of mastication chewing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. signals to your stomach that food is about to come on down and they need to get ready to digest it so your stomach starts to release um you know the acids that break down food mm-hmm. so when you're chewing gum and nothing's being swallowed down there your stomach is still releasing these acids but then no food ever arrives and so the acids start to you you basically start to self-cannibalize like it starts to eat away the lining of your stomach oh, and so people stomach also. yeah and exactly so people who chew gum um for too long end up with uh wearing out their stomach line they uh, ulcers they get um sensitive stomachs you know that everything starts to aggravate them when they eat you know hot foods or you know even just rich foods like gravy and stuff starts to give them stomach pain so chewing so, gum is so worth you, staying do you away from chew, do you ever chew gum no no did you ever used to chew gum i uh, do you ever have a gum addiction? No, no. I mean, I've chewed gum a couple of times in my life when I've had bad breath and been too far from a toothbrush. And I've just said, does anyone have a mint? And someone's handed me a, a stick of gum. And then I'll chew it until the minty flavor is out, which only takes a few minutes and then I spit it out. So, yeah, that's about the extent. Chewing gum in my mind only has one function. Making gum manufacturers rich? No. Fixing holes in petrol tanks. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Done that before. You use some chewing gum to fix a hole in a petrol tank? Yep, and it worked. Oh, wow. Mm, well, got, there you go, ladies home, and gentlemen. Got me home. Got me That's home. That's hilarious. Did you yep. have to chew it till it was like really malleable or? No, I borrowed somebody else's. Ew, <laughs> you touched it. That's gross. It was disgusting, but it got me home. Anyway, let me tell you about my I've done way story. more disgusting things to get a vehicle home out of the bush <laughs> in the past. I don't want to know anymore. Uh, okay, so we have just a wonderful heartwarming story. Um and I love how beauty can come from ashes. So, you know, remember the Las Vegas shooting there uh, last year <clears throat> at the Country Music Festival? Mm, a real ter- a terrible tragedy. Yeah, a terrible tragedy. Um, so there was a um, 22-year-old uh, young guy, sorry, girl, Mackenzie, and a guy, Brandon, uh, 21-year-old, and they were standing next to each other at the, at the, it's called the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival um, when the shooter opened fire. And uh, and as soon as he heard the rounds go off, he, he merely pushed this girl who was standing next to him to the ground and covered her body with his own. Mm. And uh, when there was a break... They were friends? Um, I think they knew each other vaguely from school because they went to the same school. So I think they seen each other around and maybe yeah. had greeted each other. Um, when there was a break between the rounds, um, he helped her run for cover. Uh, but unfortunately, while they were running, she was shot in the ankle. And um, and so he didn't leave her or ban her. He actually chucked her on his back and carried her until they found an ambulance. But the ambulance was already filled with people who had much more serious injuries. And so he kept carrying her, fla- managed to flag down an Uber driver who volunteered to drive them um, and a few other people to the nearest hospital. And then he stayed with her at the hospital. And um, guess what? What? A year later, they're now engaged. Oh, is it nice? It's a very yeah. heartwarming story to, uh, yeah. to start your day with. Yeah, so they, they fell in love. And who wouldn't fall in love with a guy like that? So Yeah, that's um, a decent guy. That's yeah, a really decent yeah. thing to do. That's actually uh, a heroic thing to very do. Very heroic. You, when you're under fire, mm-hmm. um, and I've never been under fire and hopefully never will be, mm-hmm. but uh, to be able to do that, to first of all shield someone with your body yep. and then carry them carry when you them. have an opportunity to run at you know probably three yeah. four times the speed of uh-huh. that to get away um, and just staying with the wounded yeah. yeah and then and then stay with them all night that's just um, that's that's sensational well he proposed to her on Laguna Beach in California and they're set to tie the knot on August 3rd 
Ah, yeah. They became boyfriend and girlfriend and now he's proposed. I would have had no trouble saying yes to a man like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a very, very good reference right there. That's a, um, a test of character under fire. Mm, absolutely. Quite literally. And we wish them all the very best with their future life and we hope that her ankle got yeah. better well. And talking about weddings, I think, uh, what was it? Prince William is going to be Prince Harry's best man. Surprise, surprise. Oh, really? Yes. When is that wedding happening? Oh, I don't know, sometime soon. Oh, actually, do you know what? I want to hear from our listeners. Next, if, next month, isn't it? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I haven't really kept an eye on it. I've been keeping an eye on the baby. Um, but if you have a beautiful romance story about how maybe you and your wife or you and your husband came oh, together under me, a pressure, me, oh, maybe me. you can tell us the story in the next segment. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Tell us your story and we will give you a prize. 1-800-FAITH-FM would love to hear your love story, especially if it was, you know, in hard times.
listening to Francesca Battaselli here on Faith FM and Mon. I'm going to give you another clue. I don't need it. Oh, come on. You're such a brag artist. By the way, by the way, I was right. <laughs> yes, I know you were right. I checked with you just in case you were and, bluffing. And, 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 and not only was it a snowy day, but it was also in a pit. Oh, well, there happened. you go. So, I told you so. There told you go. You. All right. What creature cool. am I? It's a cool story. You should look it up. It's a cool story. It's a very short story. What book cool. is it in? You'll find it in Second Samuel. Oh, there you go. There's another clue. Okay, so if you want... I'm about to give you the chapter. <laughs> yeah, no, do that. Like, yeah, that might be giving away too much. What creature am I? Our second clue is, when this creature turned on David, he seized it by its hair and killed it. Grabbed it by its hairy hair. Mm-hmm. Give me a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843 if you think you know the answer. Or you can text me, 0491-064-669. Or you can even just jump on Facebook and Facebook me the answer. It's Faith FM Australia. And we will send you the prize, the Melissa Otto CD album. Okay, so I've got a foreign story this morning. Oh, I love from the foreign far story. away. Oh, how far away? 12.4 billion light years away. Okay, that's way far <laughs> very, away. <laughs> very foreign as well. I thought you were going to say something like Africa. But <laughs> this is 12.4 billion light years away. Wow. Okay, so scientists have been watching um, two dense groupings of galaxies forming colossal galaxy clusters. Wow, okay. So you've got these two groups of galaxies, uh, and and from what I can read from the article, um, they, they are they are. They are f- Forming, the, you know, gathering together, so to speak. They're being mm-hmm. drawn close to each other. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine a galaxy. What have we got? Two hundred million suns in our galaxy, and goodness knows how many planets. Um, and you know, you've got a whole bunch of uh, you know ten or fifteen of these galaxies, and they're all sort of bunching together and drawing close to each other. What for? Like a meeting? I'm not exactly sure, but um, in the process, they are forming new stars. 1,000 times faster than what they believed that a star could be formed ever before. Wow. What? Okay, so this, is, this teaches me a lesson. There's a lesson here, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's something worth, worth considering, and that is this. We, we often hear scientists speak with such confidence about the universe and where it came from and how we're here and you know, all this kind of stuff. And yet every year they discover something new where they have to completely rewrite yeah. the textbooks. It's like, okay, scrap that. That's 100% wrong. Uh, now let's start over one. again. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, they're telling us that uh, this particular group of galaxies was formed only 1.5 billion years after the Big Bang. Okay. okay, so we hear about this Big Bang with such confidence all the time, don't we? Mm-hmm, we do. Where nothing exploded and made everything. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't Has make anybody, any sense. Anybody, anybody ever actually stopped to think about that? Nothing exploded. And from nothing exploding... We were everything. Everything happened. Yes. And everything came into existence. Okay, I've never seen um, nothing explode. Yeah. It doesn't you know, this, is not, this is not something that is uh, testable, observable, or repeatable. And that's the scientific method. So if it is not the scientific method, if it is not testable, if it is not observable, if it is not repeatable, then what is it? It's not science. It's faith. It's exactly. Yeah, I was just about to say. It it's 100% faith. You need a lot of faith to believe in that. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Because I've seen, I've seen living creatures create things. Mm-hmm. And living creatures creating things is something that is testable, mm-hmm. it is repeatable, mm-hmm. and it is observable. Mm-hmm. And so if a living creature created the universe, then that is something that is based on science. Certainly we have not seen that happen. But we've seen it happen on a micro scale here, and so we know that in principle it's something that takes place all the time. Yeah. 
And that's the scientific method. So if you're going to go with the scientific method, okay, you've got to have faith both ways. But you're going to have a lot more faith to convince me that uh, nothing exploded and created everything. Because we have never even seen that on a micro scale. No, you've never ne- no, s- never no, seen it on no. any scale whatsoever. No, I've never even seen that in a lab. Yeah, never. You know? I, I've, I've seen I've seen people, and you, know, you you can go to a lab and you can see where. Um, you know, they create a what's called a test tube baby and mm-hmm. life, you know, mm-hmm. new life forms right there in the lab. But they have a lot of ingredients to do that with. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so there's some amazing things that human beings are doing all the time, but it's human beings that are doing it. Mm-hmm. That's the key. It's yeah. not happening by accident. Yeah, exactly. Humans are doing it. So where were the humans when the Big Bang? Like, there was, Are there some sort of intergalactic giant scientists who are making things happen somewhere? Having said that, I believe in the Big Bang. Oh, you do? I do. Yes. Please explain. God said it. Bang. Bang, there it was. There it was. <laughs> Absolutely. It takes a whole lot less faith to believe in a living creature who creates things than nothing that creates things. I think I believe in the Big Bang too now. There you go. I have just I have a, a new convert. <laughs> I have a new convert to the Big Bang theory right here. Oh, I love it. Okay, so here's another story. This is coming out of Time magazine. Okay. Uh, which is uh, done an article on the dangers of caffeine addiction. Yeah. And some, some hints. Okay, this is a bit of a rant of mine. I know. I get on the radio every now and then and talk about caffeine, but it just it, it does concern me that, you know, everybody's addicted. Who is not addicted yeah. to caffeine? I'm not addicted to caffeine because I chose to stay addict-free. I like to be in control of my mind. And, and I also have a bit of a rant about it because I know f- as someone who used to be addicted to caffeine who, who now isn't, how much better life is without caffeine. Yeah, there's so many people out there like, oh, I couldn't live without my coffee in the mm. morning. Well, if you, are dep- if you can't live without your drugs in the morning, what kind of a life are you having? Yeah. I, rem- I remember very distinctly having an incident. Um, one of my very good friends was addicted to caffeine and we were hanging out for the day and, you know, it got to the afternoon and she just turned into a cranky monster like I w- it was unbearable to be with her and she was like I just need to get to a cafe and get some coffee so I can act normal again and act human again and I just remember being astounded that she's reliant on a substance to be nice to be yeah. kind to be human uh-huh. and if she can't get it like her her body has hijacked her personality, her character. Like that's how bad it was. And I, it got to the point where I was like, please, just please just drink some coffee because you are unbearable to hang out with. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's very sad that people should – I feel like they're and handing over. Like, oh, I'm so grumpy in the morning until I get my caffeine. Yeah. Well, that, first of all, there's never an excuse to be grumpy. That's right. Uh, being grumpy is a choice. And the second thing is that uh, if, that's what, if that's what the drugs are doing to you, you need to get off those drugs. Mm. You're, you're, you're handing over – who you are, you're handing over your character, your personality, your health, and getting in return a cup of coffee. Like, it's not worth it. Like, yeah. that's the exchange. You're handing over your body, your health, like everything. Yeah. And of course, Time Magazine brought out that, uh, you know, it, the, not just the damage that it does to your nerves because your nerves overfire as a, as a result of it and just um, wears them out, but also the uh, massive problem that it creates with insomnia. Mm. which then creates depression. Yeah. And, you know, depression is like one of the most massive things that we have in our world today. Mm -hmm. And this is a simple thing that you can do to get rid of depression. You've got to beat the addiction. And and, and, and Time Magazine pointed out, you're going to go through some some really rough times in beating the addiction. Okay, and here's how to find out whether you're addicted to coffee or not. Mm -hmm. Um, Or caffeine, because it comes in many drinks. Okay, here's how to find out whether you're addicted or not. Give it up for a week. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or try. 
okay, <laughs> and see how you go. And if you are craving for it and if that is a problem and that is hard, then you are dependent and addicted. And, of course, then you've got the other massive problem that goes with that, which is sugar. Yeah. And then that, of course, creates obesity. So you've got sugar, you've got obesity, you've got high blood pressure, you've got, um, you've got diabetes, you've got insomnia, you've got depression, all being driven by this drug. I, I just also wanted to add, I think people, you know, they're like, oh, it doesn't matter if I'm, in, I'm insomniac um, because, you know, I can just have a cup of coffee in the morning to wake me back up and it's all fine. But people don't realize that sleep, um, poor sleep habits or, or having your sleep disrupted is actually very much a gateway uh, situation to uh, mental problems. And this mental mental illnesses are on such a rise in our country. It's just incredible. And um yeah, so it's it's definitely something worth think about. You know, you could possibly be entering into um, you know mental health issues mm. by drinking coffee. Yeah. Okay, and and of course, there's going to be a number of headaches you can have to deal with as you oh, go through that crazy withdrawal. Crazy headaches. Um, but they are worth pushing through. Drink lots and lots and lots of water as uh, as you go through that withdrawal period. Go for a walk in the fresh air. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's the best way. You've got to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, yeah. Anyway, so there's a passage in the Bible in Revelation chapter 18. And this is one that fascinated me because it says, talking about the fall of Babylon at the end of time. You know, the light of the candle shall no more shine at all in you, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will not be heard any more in you. And it goes on, For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries were all nations deceived. And the word sorceries comes from the Greek word pharmakia, which is the word for drugs. The Bible says that everybody will be deceived by drugs at the end of time. If you include caffeine, nicotine, and alcohol, that's pretty much the whole world. We're going to have a song now by Josh Cunningham, which is very exciting because as soon as the song's over, he's going to be in the studio live with us. We're going to be talking to him and having him as our guest interview for today. So enjoy this song. It's called Emmanuel. We'll be right back with the artist. If I can think Feel and love Then how much more
Josh Cunningham with Emmanuel here on Faith FM, and we are super privileged this morning. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. The yeah. privilege is all mine. <laughs> no, it's great to have you here. We've we've been playing your music for so long, and uh, and listeners to to Faith FM will uh, be very familiar with your voice and your music and so forth. And so we're super excited to be able to have you. Uh, joining us here in the studio and, of course, joining us here at Big Camp. Yeah, it's fantastic to be here. And uh, thanks for the support with playing the music over uh, such a long period of time and apologies for not producing anything new for you to play because I've just had the one CD for quite a few years now. But I am intending to do something about that pretty soon. And so we're I, looking forward to number two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a few new songs that you've written and... Uh, uh, getting ready to go? Yeah, I have. And uh, it's funny, like at the Connection Tent at, at Big Camp here, I've been playing a lot of those songs each night and you know, people are coming up and saying, oh, do you have a recording of that song? And I just shamefacedly have to say, well, unfortunately, no, not yet. <laughs> well, you can send them to, to myself or to Stella, our producer, because we have some recordings on our phone. 
But uh, <coughs> you didn't hear that from us. <laughs> oh, from the connection <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, from the tent. I, I think <laughs> you're probably not the phone. only one. <laughs> I think yeah. you're not the only one. But um, I, I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but there's a little bit of a movement that happens over there every night where there's a whole heap of people who go to Connections Tent to uh, to hear the music and then you know, they've got their favourite speakers because there's so many good speakers here at Big Camp and they wander off after the music to hear their favourite speakers. Yeah, there is. It's amazing. I, I guess right before it starts as well, it often looks a bit sparse when I guess kids are taking their oh, – p- parents are taking their kids to meetings and, and just kind of finishing doing the dishes and, and whatever. But, yeah, by 7.05 it seems pretty full and I have noticed that it does yeah. thin out a bit after that. So I've, I've heard that people are coming for the music, which is – Really great because it's it's been such a blessing for well, us. Well, it's been to do. different. I, I found it different from uh, you know in in previous camp meetings where you've got um, you know Hillsong this tent, Gaither that tent, and uh, everybody's sort of heard that a million times over. And suddenly we've got something that's really different and 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 very very cool. Um, and I think that um, it's a great opportunity to. Um, to have something really creative for a change. Yeah, it, it's really a, a, a fantastic thing to be a part of. I know David Ashrick, who's kind of running the tent there, uh, he described exactly what he was after, and it was you know familiar songs in a bit stripped back format, um, songs that everybody knows, and in, done in a way that's going to invite participation. He really mm-hmm. wanted everybody to mm-hmm. sing along and join in, and we've been able to a- achieve that. And um, well, I mean, not so much we've been able to achieve it. I, I think God's really been behind the yeah, whole thing. Absolutely, it just God. feels like a very celebratory, worshipful experience to be there doing that music and Fantastic. being part of it. Fantastic, love it. Okay, so um, yeah, we want to hear a bit about your story, Josh. Mm. Um, you, know, you know, you've got a whole history in music, and of course, um, the group, the Waifs, mm-hmm. um, that many of our listeners would be familiar with. Whereabouts did you start with music? Uh, I started in New Zealand, actually. My my family was uh, living over there when I was a little kid, and they all Are got. Are you a Kiwi or not? No, no, I'm from from Australia, yeah. but uh, just for three years we spent over there, and. Everybody in my family started to get guitar lessons, but I was too small to hold a guitar, so they put me on a ukulele just to keep me feeling like I was part <laughs> of the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, they bought me a toy ukulele. I guess that was all they could afford, but the ukulele teacher eventually said, you've got to get this kid a serious instrument because he's got talent. Uh, okay. <laughs> and um, finally, when we moved back to Australia... So how old were you? Uh, I would have been six or seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When we moved back to Australia a couple of years later... He said to uh, to my dad, look, I don't mind if anyone else in the family doesn't keep going forward with the guitar <laughs> lessons, but make sure you keep that. <laughs> but sadly, I, we got back to Australia. There was no ukulele teacher and I just let it fall by the wayside. And it wasn't until I was 13 when I was at a birthday sleepover for one of my mates and uh, the movie Back to the Future was one of the videos that he'd kind of chosen for his, uh, his oh, birthday yeah. party. Mm-hmm. And when I saw a scene with um, you know the main actor playing the guitar, uh, I... Uh, that really appealed to me. I thought that's what I want to do. So I dug out the old guitar that the family had still had from those years before, yeah, and um, just kind of tinkered around on it and taught myself how to play. Okay, so your whole family was playing the guitar back then, and they sort of dropped it. Is the rest of your family musical, or is it just is it is just you? Well, pretty much the only one. My mum plays piano. My dad loves to sing. Yep. My brother and sister both kind of had. I think they would have liked to have kept on with the guitar, but they didn't feel like they had. Really enough to Yeah, you probably just overshadowed them way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, um, was your family a um, a, a Christian home? Yeah, they were – I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I I grew up in that context. But, um, you know, like a lot of people, uh, once I got to a certain age, it it never really resonated with me, I have to say. Sure. Um, I didn't have a a personal experience with God. It always felt like 
he was an imaginary idea. Yeah. And I mean, it's not through any fault of my parents. You know, they've they've done a great job raising their kids, but I guess some some kids really respond and some don't. And I was mm-hmm. one of those ones that didn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until many years later that I, I finally actually came to know God personally. You know, have have an experience and a relationship with Him. In those intervening years, um, that's where your music career sort of really took off. Yeah. Well, I. I always wanted to do music. I knew that. Yeah. But towards the end of high school, when you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your life, I was steered away from the idea of, of doing music. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I, not, I, I totally get that. If my if, if one of my kids came and like, yeah, I'm going to be a musician, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's a pretty hard life to make it in, yeah. in music. Well, that, that's what they told me. And, and so I kind of, I applied for and got accepted into university to study economics, which I have no idea how I got went down that path because I was not really interested in it. Yeah, I'm and sort of thinking economics and creativity. A creative person doing it. Um, I just I just don't see a creative doing economics. But anyway, yeah, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> like well, how does that work? So what happened is that I took a year off before going to study, and uh, I was travelling with a band that I was playing in at the time from my local area. And during that year, I bumped into a couple of sisters who were pretty much doing the same thing, just travelling uh, up the west coast of Australia playing music. One of them had just finished high school. And uh, we met, and there was a musical and a personal chemistry um, straight away. And uh, without really too much um, introduction, one of the girls asked me, uh, without consulting with her sister, do, do you want to join up and make a band with us and we'll travel around? And uh, and I just kind of, without thinking, said yes. And uh, that was and, 20- and what did the other what did the other sister say when she... Well, she, <laughs> I didn't notice, but she did have a look of shock on her face. And uh, I think she had some quiet words to her sister later on, but... Uh, it all worked out. Twenty six yeah. years years later, we're st- we're still going, still going. And this yeah. is the band called the Waifs. The Waifs. How yeah. did you end up being called the Waifs? Uh, well, uh, when I joined up with them, we were travelling around in a, a camper van, and um, the whole know, van life. Van life. Yeah, we looked probably a bit dishevelled, but basically we looked like a bunch of young, dirty hippies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as we were doing the lap around the country, we stopped in to visit my grandmother in Brisbane. And she looked at me when she saw me the first time. She laid eyes on me. She she exclaimed with horror. Josh, you're a waif. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't really kind of register that much at the time, but when we got back to Albany, Western Australia, which is where the girls are from, their grandmother said, oh, my little waifs have come home. And so we kind of, be, being not a really commonly used word, it, yeah. it kind of struck us. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about it, and then we sort of looked into what it meant and um, felt like, well, obviously there's something in that. It describes our lifestyle, and grandma has... Uh, christened us the waif so i guess we better go with that <laughs> <laughs> stay with it fantastic what a, and, and um okay so you've done this um tour around you've you formed this band called the waifs mm-hmm. um you're heading to do economics did you ec- ever actually make it to uh, no i didn't i didn't i actually uh i mean i was able to defer for th- i think three years mm-hmm. and by the time i had to make my ultimate decision um, you know, I was actually making, well, I mean, not taken off in the sense of, I mean, we were, we were playing cover songs and, um, you know, it was a pretty low level that we were doing it at, but we were making a living and we we're having a great life. And, yep. uh, I just felt that if I ever want to study something, I'll go study something I'm actually interested in. And, you know, the options open down the track, but for now, this is, this is where, um, you know, things are at for me. So I, mm-hmm. I decided to stick with it. Yep. Yep. Fantastic. And uh, how often do, do you um, tour with the with, with the waifs these days? Because imagine that you've all moved on and got lives. And yeah, every, everybody's you know, well the girls have got three boys each, and uh, you know, family, and so everyone's got a lot going on in their lives. So unfortunately, it happens less. But mm-hmm. I guess the thing is, you just um, you know, really cherish the 
times that you do get to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just so much music that you miss when you're not doing it, but the people, you know, after, after sure. 26 years, we're a really close knit family and yeah. they're some of my favorite human beings in the world. So, um, I wish we could do it more often, but probably about two to three months a year at this stage is, yeah. is what we do. And then every other year we might make an album as well. Mm. Now, at some point you've, you've come back to God. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about that. I really want to hear about that experience. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, you know, obviously touring around playing music. Um, eventually, I think one of the girls went on maternity leave and I started playing with another Australian artist called Missy Higgins. Mm-hmm. And we were traveling around a lot and particularly in America over a period of a couple of years. And, uh, there were people that were coming into my path that were witnessing to me, mm-hmm. um, people that wanted to share a Bible verse or you know, uh, a book or just pray with me or encourage me or, or just have a conversation about God. And um, you know, I was kind of just thinking, oh, this is coincidental, this is interesting. I had always traveled with a Bible, a small Bible in my really? bag. I didn't necessarily read it mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. or very often at all. But once I started having these experiences, I started to kind of look at it a little bit. And um, eventually, after a couple of years of of these sort of chance encounters, uh, I came across a young lady I met on a plane who was another one of these kind of meetings. And Mm -hmm. she engaged me in a very overtly spiritual conversation. She was very intentional in her witness to me. Mm -hmm. And when I shared my journey of the last few years and how I've been having a lot of these kind of interactions... She just put it to me. Well, I don't think it's any coincidence. I think God's trying to tell you something. And how about responding? She appealed for me to make a decision. Wow! Praise God! That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. The amazing thing about that story is that you know when I finally I, I went you know to my hotel room that night and I knelt down and I actually prayed for the first time uh, since I was a little kid. Yeah. And uh, this time, you know, God didn't seem to be a foreign concept, like an imaginary idea. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that He was real. Mm-hmm. And um, and I gave my heart to him and asked him to, to come into my life. And when I shared with my family um, through a lengthy email of, of the whole experience, they were obviously overjoyed, but my parents weren't surprised because they had been praying for many years that God would do exactly that because mm-hmm. I was away from home. They didn't have the opportunity to share with me. They just were praying that God would send people into my life, as he had been doing, um, that could do, do that job of, of witnessing and inviting me into relationship with him. Praise God. The uh, the girl that was witnessing to you on the plane, did uh, did she ever know the result of her witness? She did, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, we That's just good to hear. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I have an eternal debt of gratitude to, to her. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, she, she's in America, obviously. Sure. We don't really have much to do with each other these days, but... Uh, yeah, I, I look forward to uh, kind of catching up in the kingdom, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And it must be um, such an excitement to her to know that, you know, she's made an appeal because I think we're often, as Christians, we're often scared to do that kind of thing, mm-hmm. scared to engage people intentionally talking about Christ and then scared to make an appeal. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, praise God. Yeah, okay, so um, since then you've been doing music and um and 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 serving God, have you had lots of opportunities to um, use your music to to, um, to to draw other people to God? Definitely, yeah. I I mean, I went to a rise um, about three years after that experience I've just shared, mm-hmm. um, and then I stayed on doing Bible work. But through that year, I started to travel a little bit with David Ashrick and do music at, at his uh, um, you know when he was presenting. Sure. Uh, then I went. You know, I started to go to various camp meetings and things, and and that sort of those opportunities just kept snowballing, and mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, I've done a lot of you know concerts in churches, um, you know church events, camp meetings, 
uh, and you know, just at church each week, you know, yeah, getting up and doing yep. the music as well. So, yep. um, it's it's been wonderful, and and being here at Big Camp is is really a fantastic thing this year. It is, and it's just it's a great thing that God has given you this talent um, to be able to use it to bring glory and honor and to Him and to you know to praise and to praise Him with. It, um, yeah, so um, we've got about a minute 40 left. Any chance you could um, play us something? Anything that uh, immediately comes to Ooh. mind that you could... You know, I, I see the guitar sitting there. I'd love to uh, hear a few chords. Uh, my, my songs are typically quite a bit longer than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, uh, if, we, if we don't have enough time, we can... Um, you can uh, fade it out, maybe. We can fade it out at the <laughs> end. <laughs> but, well, um, actually... Um, Oh, I don't think I have time to explain this and play it as well. But um, this is a, a beautiful song that is called Welcome to My World. Okay. I'll, I'll play as much as I can and then you'll just fade out as we get to the end. Or well, actually, you'll probably have to fade out because the um, we've actually got another one of your songs, um, Three Chords, coming up. Um, okay. Well, maybe, maybe I'll just talk about that and then you can play that. Okay. All right. Yeah. We, we can do that. Okay. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we well, can do the recorded one. Um, the, the song Three Chords, it's, it's about... Uh, it's about marriage, yep. and uh, some f- good friends of mine who are actually at this camp meeting now. They they got married in the states um, some years back, and they wanted me to come and play a particular song that that they'd chosen. And I just felt impressed. Well, I played that song as well, but I felt impressed that I should write a song for them. Yep. So uh, I just um, prayed to God for inspiration, and this song Three Chords came very quickly. And it's really based around you know the biblical picture of of love, you know, yep. being other centered. Yeah, we often in this this world we think of love as what's in it for me, but um, you know God's model of of love is more about service and other centeredness, and yeah. that's what this song is communicating. So three chords: one being the wife, the husband, and the last one being Jesus. That's right. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. So we're going to have a listen to Josh Cunningham, three chords, and stay here. We'll be right back after the eight o'clock news. <laughs> Follow your heart is what they say I know that if I do I'll be following something I can't know Deceitful and untrue I couldn't love you if I tried I couldn't find a way Unless my heart is led by God I'll only go astray If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two Gotta be three chords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us With the fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you well, God is love He gives to us A priceless gift that's free He gave Himself He gave His all Unconditionally Wanna love you like he does, Lord. Give me eyes to see. The only way I can is if you live inside of me. If we wanna be one heart, one flesh, one instead of two, there's gotta be three chords woven. God and me and you. If our hearts burn within us, with fire that consumes only then can we say I love you love is 
this kind love never fails It ain't boastful, proud or rude It bears all things, believes all things Rejoices in the truth and Love will never seek her own Love's patient, love endures And if we want love like that Is what we'll have to do If we wanna be one heart, one flesh One instead of two There's gotta be three cords woven God and me and you If our hearts burn within us with The fire that consumes Only then can we say I love you isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.